The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Orange is a New Black podcast. I am your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. It's me, Zimmy Esiason. And we want to thank you guys for, you know, joining us, coming here, following us, supporting the, the channel. But let's get into it, man. Zim, we got a lot to talk about, for real. Like, a lot of people talk about this is the, the downtime of the season, but we like to, to keep the juices flowing and kind of keep the positive thoughts out there and kind of discuss some of these topics in our Bengals community. So kicking things off, what do you want to first talk about? I thought a great starting point this uh, evening for our show is let's talk about some of the current free agents that the Bengals could probably have on their radar. Um, I want to talk to some of the people here in the chat tonight and just see, uh, is there anyone that you guys think that you want to take a flyer out on? There's a lot of guys that are available and, and the crazy thing about it to me is that Bengals usually thrive in this moment where they get these bargain deals, these million-dollar deals, you know, where a guy that could probably give them the axe at training camp if they had to. This is where the Bengals usually do their work. I know the COVID-19 is probably, like, affecting how they can do that um, and being able to properly assess players, but uh, there's some guys out there and I, I wanted to go, I was going to go, if we could go speed round, speed round, something like that, go pretty quick. I'll name a couple guys and you tell me what you think of it. Okay. So the very first uh, category I have is wide receiver. One of the main names that jumps out there on me or whatever to me uh, is Tavon Austin. That's somebody who I want to take a look at because 
uh, if John Ross is not there, uh, in the event that something happens with John Ross, he's injured or whatever, like the gadget guy, the third wide receiver, the guy that can catch the wide receiver, bubble screens or whatever, I think Tavon Austin can give you 30 catches, 40 catches a year, uh, give you some punt return type of stuff, kick return type of stuff too. He has a multiple. Like I think they were looking for that last year when they got that. Um, people say, well, we the wide receivers room full. I think if you're looking at the draft, they drafted T. Higgins. And they're already thinking about the future. Also, just some notable names. Paul Richardson, Taylor Gabriel, Chester Rogers, Demarius Thomas, uh, Josh Gordon, who, if you got a team with some discipline, Josh Gordon's still available. Chris Hogan, um, that pretty much rounds out. Uh, Jordan Matthews is still out there. There are some guys out there, man. Um, there's a couple other guys. But out of those names that I just named, are, are there any of those guys right there tickling your fancy? I think like you said, I think you made a great point when you talked about Tavon Austin because, like you said, they need a gadget guy. And right now all they have is John Ross. So someone like Tavon Austin would make sense because you talk about once we lost Ross last year, how much that changed the offense. And like you said, T. Higgins, he's more of a tall, slender receiver. Gadget plays really aren't his specialty, right? He's more so kind of out of that AJ Green mode, kind of out of that Auden Tate mode. So he doesn't really do anything for them at that point. I wouldn't mind bringing in Tavon Austin, like you said. It would be a great idea. He's a great gadget player. However, like we also said, that room is pretty much stacked. So if you do bring in a Tavon Austin, does that mean that we're getting rid of a guy like a Alex Erickson? Now, you might be able to convince me of that if we're signing Tavon Austin for cheaper than Alex Erickson. And I'm, I can't believe I'm saying that because I was one of those guys that got caught up in the Tavon Austin hype way back in the day when he got drafted by the Rams. But if you were able to do that, then yeah, I, I would definitely look into it if that meant that you could clear out some of that cap space and possibly pursue uh, maybe a free agent with Tavon Austin as well. But if it's the same price, I'm not sure. But I do see why you would say, hey, why not bring in another gadget player? Because we literally only have one in Ross, and Ross hasn't had a great injury history. So I could see why you would say, hey, why not let's bring in a Taylor Gabriel or let's bring in a Tavon Austin uh, for that. What about you? I'm all the way with it. I mean, uh, Tavon Austin is the guy that I, I take a flyer on. I mean, you, you'd be talking about like a – it'd be a very, very – Slim to none contract, something they can get out of. It doesn't affect the cap hit at all. You probably be signing the guy for the league, like I mean, probably like eight fifty k. Not even like it, it. It really would be that. It's at this point in the off season, and as we're going to get into later in the show, they're they're actually they're actually putting in place a tentative plan for training camp to start June twenty seventh. That's my wow. sister's birthday. So it's getting ready to ramp back up. So that plan is in in, in place. So that from the wide receiver group, I saw that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just posting, letting everybody know we're live. So if you guys are in the chat, we appreciate you tonight. Thank you, Nova, Douglas, Josh Banks, LBO Skeezy. What's up, Rio Ross, Soldier? What's up, bro? What's up, Dre? Um, so Dre says Tavon is John Ross 1.0. We appreciate you guys for checking us out. Make sure y'all tell your friends to come on in the live, ask us any questions. Daniel uh, Paniti, what's up, bro? All right, so from the tight end position. Jordan Reed is on this list, but in my mind, I, I consider him retired. But Delaney Walker, who's 36, uh, got Vernon Davis, who's 36. You got Ed Dixon. So those are the old men guys. Then you also, oh, I'm sorry, Charles Clay, Darren Fells, 
Um, who else is very noticeable? Clive Walford. Now, is uh, that is that the is that the same Walford that was with the Raiders? Yes, that's the same one that was with the Raiders. He, I, he, I actually he, like him as well. He's twenty eight. He's twenty eight, bro. Like a lot of like to me, this is. I just I wanted to make sure I didn't want to sound stupid live on TV. I mean on 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 YouTube right now. But Clyde Walford, I don't know what what is hurting him or what's affecting him right now. But two years ago, Clyde Walford was a top five fantasy tight end, top ten uh, tight end in, in the NFL. So I don't know what the story is. If you guys got some, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I think I messed up somebody's last name. Um, but if you guys got some input on Walford, let me know. You know what's up, Jared. Uh, but what do you feel about that list that I just gave you, Ace? Uh, I think, like you said, I didn't feel I about think, the tight end position on our team right now. I'm I'm somewhat concerned about the tight end position. It's not something that really blows me away. It's potentially still a weakness. I do think, however, uh, one of the guys that they got on the practice squad could be someone who could actually be a sleeper that can make the roster. Uh, his name escapes me right now, but they did pick him up uh, as an undrafted free agent. I think Uzoma, like Rio said, I think he's a dog. I think he has a lot of potential. Is he ever going to have that Tyler Eifert-like ceiling? I'm not sure. I don't think that he could catch 15 touchdowns in a season. But do I think that he could be solid? Could he catch eight touchdowns? Yeah, I think that he could do enough on this team. And I think given that Joe Burrow is coming from a team where – he really didn't have an elite tight end like Thaddeus Moss, as much as people love him, is not an elite tight end by any stretch of anyone's no, imagination. And the fact that we have all of these wide receivers, I think that we can get by with the tight end that will score at least six to seven touchdowns. If that even if he scores five or four, I still think that that's OK for this offense, because this is a team that needs to go five wide. So. Although I was I just about to say that I have one thing to say five wide and five man protection. We're, we're going to have to go, talk, elaborate on that uh, in a second. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. No, nah, no problem. So I think from that standpoint, I think I, I think we're good. Like you said, Drew Sample, you talk about him. If he can take a step next season, I think like you told me a while ago, like if he's second in the third round, I think the expectations for him are drastically lower than what we've expected. But since he was taken in that second round, that's put a lot of expectations on him. But I feel like we're solid. I think we're at a solid C in terms of our tight end department. I don't feel like it's great or anything, but I think it's just enough dealing with the wide receiving core that we have. What about you? The guy I think that you're referring to, was it Wilcox from South Florida? Is that the guy? Yes, Wilcox from South Florida. Okay. Exactly is who um, I'm talking about. I like him. It, and if you're listening to this, guys, we're, I was just uh, posing a question for Ace, and I was just talking about the tight end room. We were looking at the free agents list. I, Me, I'm not a big proponent of getting veteran guys unless the team lacks uh, veteran leadership. And I think there's plenty of uh, veteran leadership in every position group, mostly on this team, with the exception of the quarterback position, who we're going to talk about shortly later. But... So, so when we talk about some of these guys that, yeah, I would like to take a flyer out on Charles Clay. Yeah, I would like to take a flyer out on Wofford, who is only 28. If I'm looking at the team and I'm and I'm I'm looking at the offensive line right now, I just don't think that they have enough to go five wide throughout the, the course of the year. When they do do it, I think it's 
it's a little different than college and going into to the NFL for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow didn't have the most elite offensive line in the world. And the reason why we know that because the draft told us that. So when his players were trying, when their offensive line was trying to get drafted, those guys weren't getting top, they weren't getting drafted at the top. So that is very, very encouraging. But at the same time, the competition, it wasn't at that level either. So just rolling out some five wide shotgun, warm moon, Houston Oilers offense, and we're spreading them out, going all crazy. I just don't see that year one. And, and if it happens, it's going to happen maybe 10 times a game at most, is in, in my mind. But I think you will see a lot of um five five man protection and that would and and, and it's going to be some different things that they'll scheme up where they'll use the tight end more so in a blocking uh standpoint and that's where guys like Mason Shrek, Uzoma, Drew Sample I think will thrive and I think they might not have the craziest numbers in the world but I think it adds an extra element to the run game and it kind of keeps the, the defense a little bit it 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 questions it. See, when you go five wide, you're dictating that you need. I need to have coverage out on the field, and if you don't have coverage out on the field, Joe Burrow's going to slice you up. I think most teams will kind of adapt to it, and then the, the amount of time that Joe Burrow's going to have in a five wide um, look is not going to be that great. So I just don't think the the success from it will be as crazy it was in college. But having a tight end in there where it's a little bit of a mat a matchup thing that you're kind of creating, and then you're also uh, having the option of bringing a tight end to come in. They don't know if he's going to come in and chip. They don't know if he's going to go out on a route. He he could sell it early, go leak out, and I think Joe Burrow will absolutely thrive in a scenario like that. And I think the tight ends that we currently have are sufficient enough to do that. No, I I think you're right, and I was actually getting ready to put together a video for my man T Higgins, and I came across some things about him that really made me feel like this guy is going to be ready to step in and not take any chance for granted. And I think that it's going to be hard, given all of the talent that you have on this roster at the wide receiver position, not to put these guys on the field. So I think, like you said, when you talk about five wide, I, I totally get what you're saying there in terms of that aspect. Um, So next, Zim, just let us know which um area you want to talk about, and I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So, so the next uh, the next free agents that are out there uh, currently right now is the tackle position. So now we've got these are the available people that we got right here: Cordy Glenn, uh, the kid Gerald Hawkins from Tampa Bay. I saw in there who I I, I read some really good stuff on. Uh, Kyle Callis is a guy I saw in there. It's not that many ta uh, tackles at all. So one thing. So one thing that. Um, I was just saying what the uh, what the tackle group is, whatever, is you're not going to find a tackle in this free agency that you would like. Cordy Glenn is the only one that is, like, super notable. I read some really good stuff on Gerald Hawkins, the guy from Tampa Bay, but that's a position I just don't see. And, and that's why it's highly coveted, and it's the hardest position to probably fill on any team. Um, that That's yeah. my thought on the tackle position. I got, there, there are not that many guys out there, period. Right. Right. I, I mean, I have to agree with you. I think um, the only one that would be intriguing from the tackle market is Jason Peters. 
But I think like we were saying or, or that you were saying before we came on the show, Jason Peters is more so interested in going back to Philadelphia. And I think the fact that he's an older tackle, I think he's around 38 or something like that right now, although he was a former pro bowler. We all know how the Bengals feel about age. When you look at guys like Andrew Whitworth, when you look at what happened to guys like Bobby Williams. So those guys were kind of essentially given up on just because of uh, their age. And so that's one thing that's going against them. They could easily be like, oh, well, we have Jonah that's going to, you know, keep him from shining bright. And then also they want to play Jonah at left. And so you can't you can't bring in a guy like Jason Peters, who's a pro bowler and say, hey, you're going to play right tackle like that's just not not going to work. So I agree with you at the tackle position for sure. Mm hmm. All right, so it so, looks like we have a question in the chat. Zim, did you want to talk about, about this one? We're going to get into this, I think, maybe a little bit further when we get to the quarterback position because I'm going to tell you who I think probably would be the best quarterback in my mind from a free agency standpoint. But if the Bengals really truly are, if you're going to spend the amount of money that they spent this offseason and make the moves that they that they made, I have a, a, a saying, and I'll, I'll tell you that one off the air. It involves a lot of curse words. But – <laughs> the the saying pretty much is saying if you're going to jump in it, you better like finish the job and like get the whole thing done. And for me to be hesitant on certain things, like I, I posed this earlier, I just woke up when I said Josh Rosen is a guy that they should. We see so many crazy trades that go on, and we say, God, that's all that guy got for that. And um, so somebody, uh, nobody even prompted me to say this. I just said, hey, I think Josh Rosen would be the greatest backup. Because when I look at everything from Josh Rosen's career is he's had the talent, maybe doesn't have the leadership, doesn't have the qualities that, we, that we're getting in Joe Burrow. He's had a bad break in a, a lot of different situations, uh, different offensive coordinators. There's so many different things that have messed up the, 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 uh, the elevation of Josh Rosen's career. Right. But – if you put him in a winning formula in a winning room where somebody's demanding a lot from him, like Joe Burrow is, and like the coaches, I think that this 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 team has. We talked about in the last episode. If if um if Brian Callahan takes on the play calling responsibility, I think that gives Zach Taylor a lot more room to navigate the room, the different rooms in the in the on the club, especially the quarterback position which he's played, and he actually made it to the NFL. So it's not like he's – when you're talking to Zach Taylor, you're talking to somebody that's lived it, knows what he's going through, any anxiety from the position, anything that he he wants to give to these guys like on a downtime or anything, just anything out there, he can provide that, and I think he can give them that extra little bit of boost. But Joe Burrow is the key to that. I don't think Rosen works in a lot of different situations – a lot of different situations. So the question was posed by my man, Nova Woodard, who is a Burrow baby to the fullest. Shout out to my man, Nova. He said, Zim, you talked about getting Josh Rosen. Why not get Newton? He is much better because, and, and I'm simplifying this question. In my mind, Cam Newton, if you've seen his workout videos, that man is on a mission to destroy anybody that ever said that he couldn't make it, said that he wasn't lit, and says, and he's out to destroy. He is not in there trying to learn from Joe Burrow or anything. I don't even got him personality-wise, I don't see him. He's such an alpha dog. I don't see him granting too much wisdom to Joe Burrow in that situation. As much as – would I take Cam Newton as a backup? Hell yeah. As a fan, I say it. 
And, and if Joe Burrow were to go down, you don't miss a beat. I think the same thing could be done for Josh Rosen, except you don't have to pay nothing near what Cam Newton is going to make. Now, Cam Newton, now his market is all dried out. He's going to have to take a deal that nobody ever would have thought. He's probably going to take a deal for like $4 million or something like that, when Cam Newton is probably worth $20 million a year. If Andy Dalton's getting 17, Cam's worth 21, 22. We're talking about from a former MVP that is not – I mean, he's not down and out in my mind. But Cam Newton, personality-wise, what he's trying to obtain, he is trying to obtain revenge, vengeance, and he is out to kill. He is not out there to try to aid some young 23-year-old rookie quarterback in my mind. Ace, how do you feel about that? I think that you're making some great points, Zim. Like, this is a former MVP that we're talking about. Like, this is Cam Newton. And I think the worst thing that you can do when we had Jeff Blake on, right, the biggest thing that he talked about was not having to look over his shoulder. Like he constantly when he was in Cincinnati as a young quarterback, he never felt like the job was his. He always felt that he was on a timer or they were looking to replace them. The last thing that you want to do to Joe Burrow is put him in a position like that. Not only are you putting behind him a former MVP, a former number one pick himself, you're putting behind him a guy that, like Zim said, is hungry and wants to come in and compete and take that job. So I don't think that this is a fit because, number one, the situation isn't what Cam is looking for. Cam is looking for something similar to what Andy Dalton found in Dallas, and that is a prime position where if the starter, something were to happen to the starter, you would just walk into a possible playoff contender, possible Super Bowl championship contending type of team. I talked to, I talk about comparing that to what happened to Mike Vick when he first came back, right? He went and signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, unfortunately, over our coveted Cincinnati Bengals because Tony Dungy convinced him not to go to Cincinnati, but that's neither here nor there. But what happened was he walked into a situation in Philadelphia where once Donovan McNabb lost his job, he was able to step in and immediately become a contender. So I think that that would be the situation that Cam Newton is looking for. And I don't think that Cincinnati is just a good position for him or for our quarterback room, period. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying, like, 100%. Uh, I, and, and this is the argument that I would have for Josh Rosen. Somebody said, well, Andy Dalton's only getting $2 million. I'm talking about Andy Dalton post prior to him being released was about to get 17 million. So someone said, well, Andy Dalton's only getting $2 million, but his value is really about 17. If other quarterbacks that are starting and people have more faith in it are at, on an average of like 22, 23 million. Cam Newton is looking for like that type of money when he gets the situation that he wants. And he is not, I mean, he should be looking at it as a stepping stone to get to where he wants to go next, but I don't think he'll ever have the ability to get on the field is one thing. And the Josh Rosen thing came to me is because we're seeing so many players that are to be had for such a low-yielding draft capital. If I can give you a fourth or fifth for Josh Rosen, the talent that Josh Rosen has, maybe the mental makeup is not where we want it to be, but the talent of Josh Rosen to me is far higher and it's and he's at the age point that you want him to be at 
the problem is prior to this is the situations that he's been in and the different things that have been thrown to Josh Rosen. Them, I just think that Josh Rosen in a situation with a healthy quarterback position group thrives in it, and you don't have to give up much to get him money wise, and you don't have to give up much to him draft capital wise. And so that that was uh, I thought that was a really good question by Nova, and I wanted to bring that up. So my my only thing is with Josh Rosen. The only question is with him being on that rookie deal. I know some of it was was guaranteed by Arizona. It's just how much will we have to pay him? Like that's the. And I'm not a Josh Rosen fan. I get why you why you would want to bring him in. I just don't like his attitude because to me he kind of comes off as like this entitled guy. And the only reason that he wants to leave from Miami, in my opinion, is because they just drafted Tua. So I don't see him kind of being open-minded and like saying, okay, instead of sitting behind Tua, now I'm sitting behind Burrow. I feel like he would kind of cause some issues. That's my only you issue. You think so? With, yeah, I think, I, I think I, he would. I think, I think, I think they give would. him a chance to resurg- uh, resurgence in his career. We build him up, and then we make a play to make a move for it. Go, go get a second or something like that. You know, I just really, I really think he would buy into the fact that, okay, this is now my third team, and I'm out of that mode. Yes, I just want to get paid, but now I'm buying into like they're going to make me a better quarterback and I'm going to listen because I know that I'm not going to be the guy. When he finally walks into an opportunity where he knows he isn't going to be the guy and he accepts that he's not going to be the, the guy or whatever, I just think it's going to work for him. But if, if, if I had it my way, if the COVID-19 had never happened, but everything happens for a reason, I would have I banked on the on – the, um, on the evolution of Jake Dolagala and somehow maybe seeing enough from him. Cause he, to me or upside wise or whatever you want to look at Dolagala absolutely would overtake Finley. No questions. I think Finley just because he was drafted so high and he has the mental fortitude that they're probably looking for. Jake Dolagala is a lot like Rosen in this regard where he has a skill set, but you just haven't seen enough to put it into an actual game where you feel good enough. Like that's my backup. Right. But I think right. if Jake Dolagala had a free, a full all season. So now I'm looking at quarterback a little bit different because right. I just know he, he doesn't have the reps and he's not going to have it. If they're going to go, think they, I think they should give him a chance though. I hell really yeah, yeah. wish you though. I, I understand I rather, exactly what you're saying. I'd rather them go Jake Dolagala than go get, uh, we're, we're going to get to the, we might as well go to the quarterbacks right now. The yeah, quarterbacks on the free agent list or whatever I had on the top of my list are Blake Bortles and, 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 and McCown. Right. Some people like the pedig- Blake Bortles went to an AFC championship game. I think that's very, very positive. And like right. I was saying earlier, when you get a quarterback that is buying to the fact that he is no longer uh, a starting quarterback, if Joe Flacco is bought into the fact that he is no longer a starting quarterback and the Jets have told him that and they're, and they're right. telling him Darno's the guy, then hell yeah, I would have wanted Joe Flacco. But prior to that, I was thinking Joe Flacco probably thinking, shoot, I still could ball, like you know what I'm saying. So you don't right. know what he's thinking. If Joe Flacco's on board with like mentoring, hell yeah, Joe Flacco would have been the guy for me, but he's not. And um, as a result, now to me, the top of the list is Bortles, McCown, and maybe you could throw in um, what's the other dude? 
shoot. Everybody's Somebody. talking about Matt Moore as well. Like Matt Moore. a lot of people talking go. about Matt Moore. Um, for I me, I, I don't like I, I don't want to pay them for that for what I'm what I'm thinking that Jake Dolagala, Jake Dolagala, the upside, the Armstrong. I just think if he had to get thrust into a game, I just think the Armstrong, the the ferociousness of a young guy finally getting into it. I'd rather bank on that than some veteran quarterback that's giving me leadership that I don't really need from a 23-year-old rookie for real. It really depends on on what you're looking for. I think, like you said, with Jake Delagala, he's a guy that could come in, I think, and be similar to what Gardner Minshew is, right? Like a guy that – well, actually, he went undrafted, but I think, I think I still give that parallel to him because – he was a good guy. He just kind of slipped through the cracks because of certain things that happened to him in college. If I'm not mistaken, I think he had some sort of injury um, later on in his career that kind of caused him to kind of fly under the radar. But I think in terms of what we're looking for, I was a big proponent and people gave me a lot of heat on this. But I was I was proposing that the Bengals should go after Flacco. And that's because I kind of did my research on it to figure out what was going on. Because the first thing that I was met with was Flack that was like, people were like, oh, you know, he didn't want to stay and help Lamar and this and that. You have to remember that was nearly two seasons ago. Since then, he was traded from that situation. He went to Denver. He kind of went into the same situation again because Drew Locke was drafted in the second round. Nobody really expected him to be there. But he had a very serious injury. That's what a lot of people forgot about Joe Flacco. And you have to also remember he's more of an older guy now. He's not that same young Joe Flacco that he was before. But he's got a very bad neck injury, like to the point where he's not going to be there day one of training camp, right? And so when I first looked at this, I had to find out, is Joe Flacco ready to transition to being a guy that can mentor a young quarterback. Because like Zim said, if you don't really want to be here for that, you don't want that guy in the locker room, right? You just want a guy that's going to be there for Joe Burrow and not Joe Flacco. But anyways, long story short, I find myself doing a deep dive on Joe Flacco interviews. Before he was released from the Broncos, they straight up asked him, would you be willing to mentor and do what you need to do? He was more than like welcoming of that notion. He was like, I know that I'm not even going to, he, he basically was like, I'm just glad to be playing football if I can get through this injury. And if that's what my role is going forward, then that's what it is. It's cool. That's fine. I have no problem with that. The reason why I wanted Joe Flacco, not only is this a guy that won a Super Bowl, this is a guy that played in the AFC North. I'm not a huge Joe Flacco fan. I, I honestly don't think – I think he's Andy Dalton with a Super Bowl trophy, if we're just really completely being honest. But the fact that he yeah. has played in this division, has knowledge of that division, yeah. you talk about the Ravens, the exactly. Steelers, the Browns, that is the perfect person to have in there telling Joe what to expect. Well, I played in the AFC North for six years. They're going to run this defense. They're going to do that. This is what their coach likes to do. This is what Mike Tomlin likes to do. So to me, that was invaluable. And to like only have to pay $1 million a year for that, to see him go to the Jets for a million dollars, I was just sitting there like. And and think about this too. If the Jets, if if Darnold looks rusty for a couple games, I mean, like think about the value you're getting for a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl at that price. Right, and like, that's like, what like if you had to saying, put him in the game, but, like I mean, it, and he's it, broken it's, it's for real. Like it's a bad quarterback market this year, and that's the reason why Cam Newton's right. still out there. 
But in a normal right. year, Joe exactly. Flacco would have would have been battling somebody for a job right now. This is not a normal year. The league is seeing a big influx of young quarterbacks that have been thrust into a starting lineup. Like the the right. uh what's the kid from uh Buffalo? I always forget his name. He beat us. Josh Allen. Josh Allen, like a guy like Josh Allen five years ago would be battling somebody for a job. He would have never just been handed like some of these guys that are getting handed jobs and stuff like that. They would have never been thrust into a starting lineup like that. And Joe Flacco would have been really. And what really, like, what really uh, changed my mind on this was talking to Willie Anderson, like in our interview and before our interview. I kind of wanted to listen to some of his other interviews just to hear him speak and make sure we didn't ask him the same questions. And one thing that he said to me that stood out was when Carson Palmer was a rookie quarterback. He said that John Kitna was the best person for him because when Carson wanted certain plays called but was too nervous to go and say that to the head coach, John Kitna was the man that went in there and fought for those plays. And, like, I feel like Joe Flacco could have been that guy. But now it's not like Ryan Finley can go to Zach and be like, hey, Joe isn't really comfortable with this. He wants these plays. Like, having Flacco there would have gave us that. But in terms of the other guys, you talk about Blake Bortles, I'm not really like Blake Bortles to me. He's still like a borderline threat because he's not too far from, removed from being a starter. He and, is still pretty he's young. He's only like 28. He's only like 28. So he would like he he still has things that he wants to accomplish. Joe Flacco has has been there, done that, right? Um, Josh McCown, I wouldn't be opposed to. That's another savvy vet. He's your typical A one. Uh, backup quarterback. I wouldn't mind signing him either. He could give Joe a lot of that knowledge, a lot of the knowledge that Jeff Blake said that he wanted to give him as well, just for being a quarterback in the league. Matt Moore is cool. I mean, it's Matt Moore. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what he does. (laughs) Matt Moore is 36 years old. Uh, Somebody in the chat said Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser, I'm good on. He's he's Tra- always Tra- he's trash. He's, 20, he's only 24. Trevor Simeon. What is he gonna there? teach Joe Burrow to do? Like Nothing how to be at trash? All. Like nah. Trevor get, Simeon. Get him out of here. There. Cody Kessler still out there, and Brandon Allen, who actually played pretty well for Denver uh, this past year, is is out there as well. So before we get to the other positions, it looks like Alonzo Ars. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks for the support and the donation. He's asking, what will our record and expectations be this year? We've kind of said this on other podcasts. I think at the height, it could be nine and seven. I think my expectations are that the Bengals are going to shock everyone. You might hear people calling me a homer. I honestly think that they could do it. You look at what we've done in free agency, what we've done in the draft, new quarterback, nobody has film on. I think that this team could really shock people. Zim, you have a quick a quick two cents to put in there? Ace, you're a homer. <laughs> <laughs> got you, got you. you thought, what, are we going to go 0-16? What's, what's going on? You said a quick two cents. That's what I got. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. That's my cool. quick so, but But as far as record, I'm not sure. I just want these guys to be, like, really, really fun to play. I was watching. Ace sent me something earlier today about this. The one of the best seasons that TJ Hushmanzada and Chad had together. I just want to. I just want to see people ball out, and I think everything's going to take care of itself. It's I don't funny really, because I don't have a record prediction for that. You know, it's funny because that's the season that I brought up, and TJ was like, "It's funny because 2007." It was. Oh, it's yeah, funny yeah. because I was like, "Bro, that was like yo the year you went crazy. You had 12 touchdowns and all of that." 
And I loved his answer because sometimes it comes off that TJ is like this super confident guy. He might just be about his stats and stuff like that. And I loved his answer because he was like, I didn't care. All I knew that all I knew was that we weren't going to the playoffs. Now I was going home early. I didn't care about that season. And I, and I love that because it's like that was his best season. But to him, it wasn't his best season because mm. the team didn't win and take the next the next uh, step to being successful. But anyways, I kind of got off on a tangent. Let's get back to the positions. So so the next position I had, one thing that I did not know, and, I, and I'm sorry for this, when I was going through the tackles, I didn't talk about the right tackles. And I just want, I did want to make a, a note of this, is one guy that will be on my radar is DeMar Dotson. He started 15 games this past year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is 34 years old. But if we're talking about depth, and one of the people, everybody's so scared, and I think it's because – a lot is about what gets funneled to the fans and then fans just kind of reiterate that. Uh, and one of the main things that people always say, of course, is Bobby Hart. Right. And I always respond and say, yes, Bobby Hart is not an elite right tackle, but. I am scared to death of John Jerry like talent coming in to a football game with my franchise quarterback. And if I'm filling out depth, a guy like Dotson is a guy because we're talking about Fred Johnson going up against Bobby Hart. Maybe you get Dotson up against or whatever. But the point is, when you're getting depth, you don't have to go pull a guy bagging groceries off the street or eating ho hos on his damn couch coming out there trying to protect your guy. And that's what John Jerry right like. As bad as y'all say Bobby Hart was, John Jerry was a hundred times worse than me. He probably had a couple good games sprinkled in there. But if you really watch John Jerry, other than the fact that he's huge. A huge person, bro. That's not who I want out there. So Dotson is a guy that's out there. Uh, I don't know. I know there was rumors about him retiring or whatever, but Donald Penn is 37 years old. But <laughs> I would still take Donald Penn over a bunch of guys. Like me and Ace were talking off the air, and we were talking about potential guys that nobody ever talks about cutting. One guy that always gets kind of brought up to me is to my to my DMs is of course to me is Billy Price. The one that Ace brought that I don't think I don't, did you bring this other? I know you said Alex Erickson, but the number one person to me is Alex Redman because right. he's, yeah. he's got a two million dollar cap hit. And the guys that I'm naming right now, I much way much rather have these guys in a depth position. I don't want any of these guys starting, but from a depth position, those are the guys that I, I would rather have. Donald Penn, his old ass, Marshall Newhouse is still out there. Um, Andre Smith is still out there as well. <laughs> Do any of those guys right there tickle your nah, feather? Nah, no. not at all. Um, okay. Demar Dotson, except the fact that he's super old, I think is the only only reason that I wouldn't be on him. But I you know didn't sell, I didn't sell him to you that well because I started off telling you how old he was. But I, no, I, 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 I knew about him just because, <laughs> like, with me being in the Florida area and uh, with me being like friends with guys that are Bucks fans, they always talk about him a lot. But I just think I've heard it's like he's been almost like a lifetime buccaneer. Like, I'm surprised he didn't retire with them. But he's just, I think, from an age standpoint, they're really focused on this youth movement. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what, what they get out of it. Um, I get it because they see the potential in guys like Fred Johnson and stuff like that. But, um, nah, those, those dudes don't really tickle my fancy. You already know who I want in terms of offensive line from a free agent standpoint. We can, well, let's go into it then. Let's go into the guards right now. 
I mean, for me, it's just a no-brainer that you need to sign Larry Warford. I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse at this point. This is a Pro Bowl guard that has fallen into your lap. And this is the thing. He's Six got years, 29 of, years old. 29 years old. He only really wants $7 million or something like that right now. So a lot of people hear $7 million. It can't be a guaranteed $7 million. So that's probably about $4 million that he's going to need that's going to count against the cap, right? The rest mm -hmm. of the $3 million to that $7 million is going to be incentive base. It's going to be you got to make the Pro Bowl. We got to make the playoffs. You got to get to the Super Bowl. Right. So more than likely, he's probably not going to make that money. So for me, that works because you got a Pro Bowl guard. You got a need for one. The other thing is, this is a guy that grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. For those that don't know, that's a quick drive away from Cincinnati. More than likely, this guy, and we saw with Andy Dalton, a lot of these guys want to play in front of their families. Like, to have to buy all of these tickets to fly people out, even though they're NFL players, that's expensive. Like, to fly 30 of your family members out to just watch a game when someone could just hop in their own car and drive an hour to get to PBS and watch your game, that's got to be something that's on his mind. That's got to be something where he's thinking, I can play at home. I can play with Joe Burrow. Von Bell is on the team. I've been watching Joe Burrow tear it up all year because I live in New Orleans and LSU just went ham last year. That's got to be on his mind. Like, so to me, 90-minute drive, thank you, Zippity, to me, it's a no-brainer. He's got to have interest in signing with us. We clearly have to have interest in signing with him. But they, by all reports, have been said they've been in the running with three other teams. Is like I don't know how far they've gone in the contract negotiations or anything like that. If it was just a phone it's call, no-brainer, Zach. If you listening to this, <laughs> anybody from the Bengals that's listening to this, go get him. Alex Redman, I know you guys love somebody, him. Somebody call Joe Mixon right now and tell him to just go ham. I know on you guys just love him. Go crazy on Twitter and go get him. This like, man is a pro bowler. He's from the area. He probably wants to play for the Bengals. Do it. I, 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 Figure I, it out later. I was to say I was told that he. Oh no, that was somebody else that said no. No, I was getting mixed up with him being a Bengals fan. Okay, so so Warford is at the top of our free agent list. I've I've gotten since since we started this exercise. I've written down about five or six names. So now we're getting into the safeties. So from the safety position, let me go back up. I'm sorry, I lost my spot. So from the safety position, uh, Tony Jefferson is still out there. He's 28 years old. Um, he, he just was with Baltimore. Uh, Eric Reed is still out there who was recently cut. Don't think that that's probably going to work with uh, given our, our Mike Brown stance on Kneeling at halftime, I mean, kneeling during the anthem and all that craziness that goes along with that. Rashad Jones, who's 32 years old, um, coming off the Dolphins, you're closer to Florida. You might have a little bit more input on me, input on that player than I would. Uh, also, Tedrick Thompson, uh, uh, Body Calhoun from the Colts, who is 27. Tedrick Thompson is only 25, so that's a guy. The other guy I was looking at, it's a couple guys like A.J. Howard, who's 24, Tyvis Powell. There's some guys that are listed on here that got some, I, I started looking at some stats and nobody really, really killed, um, killed the charts from my standpoint. But Tedrick Thompson was a guy who started plenty of games with the Seahawks. He's only 25. We're talking about depth. Uh, one of the other cuts and one of my favorite interviews was Sean Williams, but he, he holds a 4 million cap value. And I was listening to 
I think it was Jake from Locked On Bengals, and he was making a really uh, good, compelling argument where he was uh, saying, I don't know if this was on Twitter or something, but he just didn't see how Von Bell and Sean Williams would work snap-wise to warrant Sean Williams getting $4 million or Von Bell getting the money that he's making. If I had a backup guy that's just coming in and dying packages, like a Tedrick Thompson or different things like that, or, or in Tedrick Thompson's case, he'd be coming down in a box just like Sean Williams would have. But those guys would be signed for a lot less and probably offer the same things that Sean Williams does, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think, I think like you said, I kind of went back and forth with that myself after doing a review. And if you're watching this on my channel, it's, it's New Stripe City. I did kind of a review on this which kind of spurred out of me doing a review on Von Bell. And like Zim said, a lot of them will be asked to do the same things. Now, I do talk to Matt Minnick, which if you're following us, be sure to subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast. Matt Minnick yes, has a great uh, podcast on there. It's called Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk. And me and him have had conversations, and he seems to feel like they can use both of them at the same time, which I would agree with him because they did do some three safety looks. He seems to think, though, the opposite of how I envisioned it. I envisioned Sean Williams kind of playing that that linebacker role. And remember, we Sean talked Williams to him. Said he he said he, want to play that. he doesn't want to play linebacker. Right. I agree with that. But Von Bell is very small. So some people feel like he has the instincts of a linebacker, but he's too small to exactly play the position. Um, so what I was thinking is that they would use Sean either in the linebacker role or as the deep safety, and they would use Vaughn as the linebacker. And that's what Mac Minnick kind of echoed. He said he sees Vaughn playing the linebacker role, and he sees Sean as the third deep safety that would be back there with Jesse Bates. So I can see that. Sean is very versatile, and I think that it's going to come down to can they use three safeties, and if they can't, I think that, unfortunately, they probably will move away from Sean because Vaughn is the younger guy. He's got the newer contract. But I would love to see. I don't I don't think necessarily that they can't play together. I, I um, think they but, can. If they get really creative, like we saw a lot of the different looks that Anarumu drew up last year, like there's no reason in the world they couldn't be. I just think for a snap per basis, like how creative can you really get with a three-safety look throughout like the course of the year where you're going to have some games where one of those two guys are not going to get 20 snaps, you know what I'm saying? And you're paying these guys top, like top safety money. Right. Is the argument, I guess, if you're looking for value, I love the ability as a fan to be able to say, Hey, look, I got safety on safety. Like a lot of these guys and a lot of these teams that are thinking that they're projecting a higher, uh, win rate, win record is, is more so, and PFF even made a statement on this past week, it's just the unsureness and the cohesion, the cohesiveness of the current defensive um, lineup that we have right now. But from a talent standpoint on paper, we're stacked at some of those positions. Somebody just wrote in there in the comments said, wait, we need a, we need a safety? No, we don't. We're just uh, going we through, a free, through a free agent exercise and just seeing guys that are out there. But I could see a move where if you're freeing up cap space – and I need to get this Joe Mixon deal done, or you're trying to sell the fans on, well, we don't have enough money, and you had to get, you had to make a move on Sean Williams, which would totally suck at this point in free agency in this offseason to, to cut him this late. But if you had to go that route, 
there are some guys like a Rashard Jones that I could take a flyer on for a million dollars that's had a, a million starts for the Dolphins. Same thing with Tedrick Thompson, who is only 25. Now, I've seen a lot of his stuff where he's missing a lot of tackles and different things like that, but he's definitely a formidable safety. Yeah, I think I think given like Morgan, Bur- Morgan, Morgan Burnett's out there too. I think the fact that we have so much depth at this point, I don't I'm not sure if they would do it unless they're they're signing a guy for like league minimum or something like that. Because Sean Williams, that is a great and I think Zach has said that like he was like, that's gonna be a great problem for Lou to have is trying to figure out how to utilize all of those safeties. So I think if if they're three deep, that's manageable. Four deep, I mean what we'd have to see, but I think I'd rather see them spend that money on my guy Larry Warford or towards extending extending uh mixing or AJ. Speaking of mixing, let's talk running backs. So on running backs, we've got Devontae Freeman, who came out recently this week and said he is not retiring. He's 28 years old, still feels like he has a lot left in the tank. Lamar Miller, who was a top 10 running back for probably about three or four years in the league. LaShawn McCoy, Shady, who is one of my favorite running backs of all time. I just would love that just to get the jersey, honestly. Darren Sproles is still out there, 37 years old. Marshawn Lynch is still out there, who is currently in talks with Seattle. They also just recently signed a kid. I forgot who it was. Oh, that's going to kill me. If you guys know who Seattle just signed a couple days ago, um, I think back. they're not going to get Marshawn. They're not going to get Marshawn Lynch because of that. From Ohio um, State, if I'm not mistaken, Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde. So now Marshawn Lynch probably out of that. Uh, those are the most noteworthy names. Any of those guys right there make you want to hit the dance floor and go dancing and jumping for joy. So from what I've heard, and I mean, who knows? I mean, it could be anybody putting out anything in terms of Devonta Freeman. I like Devonta Freeman because he played at FSU at a time where I lived in Tallahassee. I always thought he was kind of an underrated guy. I knew that he would be better than where he was drafted at. The thing that worries me about Devonta Freeman, there's two things. Number one, his health and his durability. That was one of the reasons that he was let go from the Atlanta Falcons. The second is hearing whispers that he turned down the Seahawks deal because it wasn't enough money. And he feels like he's a guy that can play for a long time. So I think those two items kind of move me away from him, being that we have Gio. The unsureness of a Rodney Anderson and uh, uh, Trey. I mean, and then your boy, and then your boy, and we had Jacquez. If we didn't have Gio, sure, I would be like, yeah, let's go ahead and bring him in. Like Freeman is a great. He's almost kind of like Gio, except he's more of a Gio with power. So he's a great pass blocker. Uh, there's there's certain things that he brings to them, but I just feel like there's not enough rocks. Like to me, that room is kind of crowded as it is right now because okay. I really like like you said, like, yes, there's some doubt with Rodney Anderson. I honestly feel like I'd love to see Rodney Anderson, especially given from what we've seen from him last season. And then the fact that you couple that with Gio and then you can't forget about Travion Williams as well, who also got hurt. He, I think, was kind of a steal. And then you talk about my my guy Jaquez being in there. And I just feel like it's too crowded of a room. And running back really isn't, when you look at our roster, it's probably one of the deepest positions. So maybe if it was like how our guard position looks, 
then maybe I would be like, yeah, let's go after Devonta Freeman. But I think Devonta Freeman, like I said, I think he's really looking somewhere where he can come in and be the guy. And he's not going to be the guy with Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard in the room. I, 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 I halfway agree with you. I don't have faith in the guys that are behind him to go into an NFL regular season game and not miss a beat. That's the problem with the depth in me. Gio, for sure, can fill that role for a little bit, but I just don't think he's as a dynamic runner as he used to be. If we're talking pass protection, knowing where to be, shorthanded, consistent, cool. But if I'm, if I'm, like I said earlier in the pod, if I'm going all in, like I just did this offseason, I'm going to get somebody to solidify it. No disrespect to Jacquez, um, but I want to go get Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Marshawn Lynch? Hey, that's hard, I mean, bro. Like, come on, tell me Marshawn Lynch wouldn't make this, like, so fun to watch. Like, that would be, like, I'm, our perfect. I always told this. This is a quick little story. When I was in contact with Burfick when he was, you know, still with the team, I always told fans that there is no difference between Marshawn Lynch and, and Vontaze Burfick off the field. And, and on the field, they kind of play with the same, like, rah, you know what I mean? And I just I always thought, like, if Burfick would have marketed himself more, like, he would have marketed himself correctly and just did what other people, like, what all the players and people like me knew about him, like, mm-hmm. being able to just talk to him and, and the, the way they jokes and yeah, the West side and all of that stuff is still in his body. And, and you know, right. like all of the like his roots are still there. I feel the same way about Marshawn Lynch. I feel like they, they those two, I always felt like they should have had like a show together and just talk about like how soft people were or something like that. And it would have been funny. And I think you kind of changed the narrative. And I, I just always thought like Marshawn Lynch was like the perfect of running backs in. I would love to have him. I just think he's super shorthanded. Like he would come in there, it wouldn't be no, it wouldn't be no games. He would, you would get some great sound bites. It, and I go back to my begin, my beginning point. It'd be very fun to watch. And at this point in the, in his career, Marshawn Lynch is not looking to be the biggest thing on the team. I just think he just wants to come out there and eat Skittles and run over a couple people. Uh, I mean, I love Marshawn. I'm a huge Marshawn fan. I love his apparel and his pop-ups, and I just love him as a character. Like you said, he markets himself extremely well, but I think it, it really would depend what kind of situation is he trying to come into. Like, is he trying to still, you know, chase a Super Bowl ring at his age? Is he... I know when he went and played for Oakland, that was more so because he's from Oakland. He reps Oakland. He's a Raiders fan himself, so he mm-hmm. brought that energy. But to me, I just it would be cool for Joe Mixon, but I just I just don't see it as a fit because I feel when like you talk about open. having having that active forty six on game day or or whatever it switched to. Mm-hmm. Do you really want Marshawn Lynch to take up one of them spots? And no, no, yeah, you're right. I, I love him, but it's like they're not gonna give him enough reps yeah, for me to he, he has no he has no special teams um right, right like bearing at all. So I, I get it. But but I just thought I thought that would be really fun. It would be intriguing though. I don't it definitely know. would be, It'd be super fun. But yeah, he 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 wouldn't we don't like have if enough. we were on hard knocks and we signed like Marshawn Lynch, no, that Joe would be Mixon, like it. 
in 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 Marshawn Lynch would, would like damn near be just crip walking like through every damn like in, intro to every game. Like it would just be, and then you throw out John Ross. We had Snoop Dogg at games now. Oh, like yeah. it, it it would be like a it would be crazy. I don't know. Okay, so like moving right on, we gotta go a little bit faster than this, guys. All right, so let's go to linebackers. Uh, Nigel Bradham, who we wanted two years ago, really bad. Terrell Studs <laughs> is still out there. Clay Matthews. Someone asked about defensive in depth. And we had uh, Khalid Kareem or uh, about a, it's been about three, four weeks now, but defensive in depth is not as good as people think. And we're going to get to that in a second. But if you can get a pass rushing linebacker, I think you could kind of marry the two. And that's where someone like maybe a Terrell Suggs, I don't know, maybe, I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, there's a, uh, who else we got out there? It's not that many linebackers I really like, but. Those are some of the two. Alec Ogletree still out there. He's only 28. Mark Barron, who's 30, he's still out there. Uh, Darren Lee, who people always talk about. So we're talking about marrying the pass rush with linebacker. He's only 25. He's still out there. The other guy I wrote down was Will Compton, who I really, really thought he was super underrated when he played for the Redskins this past year. He played right. for Las Vegas Raiders, but he's only 30. But being in the Washington, D.C. area, Will uh Will Compton always made big plays like in a lot of those games a couple of years ago when they were on some of their post RG three runs a little bit. So Preston Brown still out there too. In for me, for me, I think out of all of those guys that you named, I would really only want to take a flyer on on Darren Lee. Um, no Clay, no Clay Matthews, no Clay Matthews. Just okay. he's so like. I still have PTSD from Carlos oh. Dansby. Oh, like I all of those, AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk, too. That was another one. All those old linebackers that we signed up for that were just past their prime. I'm just not looking forward to doing that again. I mean, you could sign Clay Matthews, but I, I feel like this would be his third team in, I don't know, four seasons. I don't think that he's still the guy that that we remember when he was just like in his prime. So like for me, I think with those guys, I'd rather see some of these younger linebackers like a Nakeem Davis Gaither and a Marcus Bailey and a Logan Wilson. I would like to see them get snaps instead of those guys. So for me, it's going to be a hard pass on those guys. Like if I could swap one out, I would probably hard swap pass. out Calitro with Darren Lee. Okay. With like the same deal, if they would be willing, if he would be willing to take that, I think at this point the leverage is kind of gone for him. Um, but that would be the only one that I would, and he's still not a lot to make the roster, right? But it's at least a battle at that linebacker position. Uh, someone, there's a lot of good comments in here because we eclipsed over 100 people. So shout out to y'all being real who they appreciate y'all. I know y'all like really looking for some sports or something to talk about. So keep them comments coming. I can't even keep up with all this stuff. But someone did write Rio Rice said Clay Matthews' father played for the Bengals. So that's something that is dope. That's but I think, like Zim said, I think out of all of them, like if you had to say which one of them could be a possibility. I think maybe Clay Matthews, like Zim said, if they potentially do some kind of hybrid thing with him coming off of the edge, that could potentially be there. But I don't want to get y'all hopes up, but but um maybe oh, maybe they could do something there. Go ahead. Real quick, someone wrote this comment in there because if you guys look at the link on, on Ace's uh YouTube right now, there is a link where you all can get great apparel 100 authentic we have partnered up with fanatics ace has his own direct link i have my own direct link you work through customer service with fanatics 
if you do have questions. But one of the questions that was posed, um, people asked, when would the rookie jerseys get delivered? A bunch of people messaged me this past week and said that they got their uh, orange or black colorway Joe Burrow jersey. The white uh, color rush jerseys just got, they were on sale this past week uh, for the first time. A bunch of people bought it. I saw it from the link. So shout out to all you guys that have purchased it. If you guys need that Joe Burrow uh, Color Rush jersey or any Bengal Color Rush jersey or any Bengals apparel, please go to that link. But you do need to contact Fanatics to ask in-depth questions on delivery times and different things like that. Ace, if you had any insight more so than what I had, because I know the original jerseys are now shipping out, but the Color yes. Rush jerseys, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. What is the date? When you go to checkout, I think it gives you an October date still, but I, I know that they're shipping out pr- before then. Yeah, they're going to ship out way before that. So um, initially, like Zem said, it was a special event, quote unquote, item. So when orders were taken draft night and after the draft for the initial jerseys, not the color rush ones, the initial ones, uh, everybody had to wait. That's including whether you bought them off of NFL.com or whether you bought them from bingleshop.com on bingles.com, we all are linked through Fanatics. So when you buy something from Zim or myself using our link, it's like you're literally buying it from the same exact person that you would be buying it from if you were to go to bingles.com. So from what I was told, uh, there was a stipulation where rookies have to, I guess, they have to confirm their actual jersey numbers. So there was that time period where Jersey numbers actually had to be officially confirmed by the NFL. So I'm not sure when that is. It doesn't seem like at first I kind of speculated that it would be tied to potentially when he signs his contract. It seems as if these numbers are given to fanatics by the NFL itself. So it seems that that has happened. And initially people were told, oh, you're not going to get your jersey until September, October. I was told by fanatics that that was just a safe date for them to use. Major um, guarantee. I call cap. Yeah, it definitely was cap. So, <laughs> I, given that the whole Corona thing was going on, obviously with them getting these jerseys from out of the country, shipping and things like that have slowed down. So they just use that as a safe date. But as them has said, people that ordered their jerseys jer- that night and the day after and stuff like that have already started to have them actually show up on their doorstep. So I'm looking forward to seeing mine. I ordered a orange Joe Burrow jersey myself through Fanatics as well. So I'm just waiting for that to get there. But they have an extremely great customer service uh, system on Twitter. I think it's called Fanatic Support. So you can DM them your order number and they will let you know whether it has shipped or not. And if you don't want to talk to them, you could do a live chat as well. I do the live chat. I I bought um, a bunch of apparel myself off of there and I recently Mm -hmm. had to return some flip-flops because they were like a little bit smaller. Did the live chat. Lady gave me the, uh, the, the, the sheet to print out sent it back no problems quick everything's easy everything's 100 authentic when it does ship out it comes very fast two to three two to three business days and it comes through fedex if i'm not mistaken i actually had someone from fanatics reach out to me um this weekend about my order as well they actually gave me a call so they're great their customer support is is great you just have to be patient it's not going to take until september to get your stuff it's not going to take until october or any of that um so just know that because I know a lot of people are thrown off like when they buy it and they see the delivery date. That actually happened with me with the draft shirt. Like, and that's when it wasn't that far ahead, but 
I saw that it can update and stuff like that once it ships off. So just be patient with that. Now, with the Color Rush jerseys, I think it's a similar thing going on. Obviously, once their supplier sends them the jerseys, they go out. But like I said, people, no matter where you order your authentic jersey from, it's going to go through the same person. So unless you're going to Koch's themselves in Cincinnati and they're taking a nameplate off of a jersey and putting on another one, not trying to downplay what they do, um, that's going to be the only place that you can get something done like that or else you're going to get a fake jersey from China that's probably going to unravel on you in like two weeks. So yeah. you don't want to be walking gonna... You got threads hanging off your cheeks. You got all, all right. types of craziness going on. Let's get back into this thing. Hold on. Let's finish this out, guys. All right. Okay. So we're going to let's go to free safeties. So free safeties, the only notable names are J.J. Wilcox, Josh Shaw, Curtis Riley, Isaiah Johnson, James Oh, that's a fullback, James Devlin. Why did I write that? And, nah, and, I'm good on all of them. And Antoine Bethea. So we're, we're getting past free safeties. Don't need them. We're out of that. I think our linebacking core that we've drafted, which is primarily coverage, matched with the fact that we have an influx of safeties with uh, Sean Williams and um, Von Bell. I think we're good on that. So right. defensive tackle, Damian Harrison, who was highly sought, off of, highly sought after a couple years ago. Uh, Mike Daniels, uh, Brandon Mabane, uh, what Timmy Jernigan, who's only 27. Uh, that's a guy I wrote down. Uh, uh, Pecco is still out here, he's 35. Nah, I'm good, I'm good on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not trying to read those old memories. Uh, now Scott, who was on our practice squad, I think last year, he's still out there. Um, Mike that's, Daniels. Uh, yeah, that I think, was it. The only notable one that I thought was like a big one was is Timmy Jernigan being Timmy Jernigan Snacks, but I think Snacks is getting up in age. And Mike Daniels Snacks is I wrote that down too. He is damn it, I cannot find it. I think he's thirty one though. Snacks, yeah, snacks, snacks, and Mike Daniels are both thirty one. Yeah, with them being with them being up in age, I wouldn't mind. NFL vet minimum, but I, I doubt that they take that. Uh, so unless they're taking that, then yeah. If not, nah, I'm good. I'd, I'd actually rather take a stab at some of those guys that are at the defensive end position versus D tackle, especially with us having DJ Reader now, Gino. Mm -hmm. You know, I really liked what Josh Tupo did. Not saying that he's in the realm of any of these guys, uh, but I really like what those guys did. I kind of want to see what we have in Renell Wren. Um, so I just don't think from that standpoint, unless they're willing to take league minimum, I don't think that it's a it's a good fit. I think, like you said, Jernigan is probably the best one out of there. Okay. Um, but but outside of that, that's all yeah, I really let, have. Let's just talk about the current. I just want to go over this really quick. These are the current D tackles on Bengals roster. I'm not counting DJ Reader. They have listed as, as DN. I don't know why that is. Uh, but is this a, is this a three four? Is this a three four? Is that on Bengals.com? Bengals.com. So, oh, that's so three then, four. Then a kid from Nebraska, uh, I, I think it was the undrafted dude, or uh, who is it? Uh, F. Uh, Kamala Don. I know who you're talking about. Freedom. I just call him Freedom. 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 <laughs> I say F because I've seen it. Yeah, okay. My bad. All right, Gino Atkins. <laughs> the interesting he, thing about Freedom, hard. though. Yeah. Is that he um he actually scored pretty well on pro football focus. That kind of shocked me. I was like, he played that much. So freedom, uh, the kid, the the undrafted uh T Deshaun from Kansas State. You got Glasgow, who um me and Ace have I've been in contact with Glasgow not too long ago. 
Um, and he said his uh, rehab is going really, really well. So we hope to get him on the show. Little hint, hint. Just a little insider stuff. If you guys are listening right now, Josh Tupo, uh, Renell Wren. That's that's it. That's it for D tackles. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not a stat room. It's not stacked, like you said. That's a that's a great point. But there's some what it, there's some potential there. I think in guys like. And I'm not a huge Renell Wren guy, but I just want to see what he has essentially to really offer this team. And like you said, I don't know if that's a typo, but yeah, they do have DJ Reader listed as a defensive end on Bengals.com. But for me, I think that, like you said, it wouldn't hurt to bring in one of those guys. If if Jernigan is willing to sign um, a low deal, kind of like Renell Wynn and and Josh Tupo are are playing under and even Glasgow. It's not a stat room, but I still feel like it's a lot of depth there. Okay, so moving right along. This is the most important position that I think from a free agency standpoint, and then we can kind of wrap this up once we get to – damn, there's some corners out there too, though. There's a couple – all right, let me talk about corners real quick. Uh, Rogers Cromartie, who's 34, Tremont Brock, who's 32, uh, Morris Claiborne, who's 30, P.W. Webb, Eli Apple, who's 25, Darquez Denard is still out there, people, Brandon <laughs> Carr, who's 34, Akib Tlaib, who is 34, Logan Ryan, who is 29, Drake Kirkpatrick, who is 30, Tremaine Johnson, who is 30. So from the cornerback position, there are some guys – for a very, very small amount of money, can back up and make sure Trey Waynes because they've given the key. That's the one signing I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on. The Trey Waynes one makes me a little scared because if you talk to a Vikings fan, they are not going to be raving about Trey Waynes. Maybe Alexander um McKenzie, but Trey Waynes, people are scared. I think the long speed of Trey Waynes is going to be better. You probably see him getting beat less on double moves. I was cool with Drake Kirkpatrick, I swear. But I'm not that confident with Trey Wayne's moving forward. How do you feel about the, that list? And I mean, uh, I mean, we got, we got Phillips behind them, you know, you know, but for, they got Phillips me, listed as a flat. For me, I think out of, out of all of the corners that we signed, I think LaShawn Sims is the one that scares me the most because, like, talking to some Titans fans, they completely call him trash. Now, Mm -hmm. like you said, you're not going to find Vikings fans that rave about Trey Waynes, but they're not going to call him trash. Like, he's solid, but they wouldn't have paid him the money that we paid him. So I understand that. I -hmm. I get that. I compare it to, I guess, kind of Darquez Denard, right? Like, Darquez Denard, you probably say that he was solid, but you probably wouldn't give Darquez Denard uh, the amount of money that we gave Trey Waynes. So for me, yeah, I understand it. I, I think from my standpoint, I look at it as he was essentially an upgrade over Drake Kirkpatrick. He's an outside corner that's an upgraded tackler. And I think that that's what they're looking for him, for, for William Jackson III to really man the other side and for him to just be solid. One thing that actually came out. That was that was good about him was PFF kind of released this list talking about guys that were some of the top performers in clutch situations. And at first, what caught my eye was Carlos Dunlap because I thought that he was the only bingo on the list. 
Well, mm. it just so happens Trey Wayne's made the list for corners, Whoa. and that's across that's across the NFL. So Whoa. that's in okay. crunch time when it matters. So if he's average, you know, 90, 90% of the game, but when we need him, he's gonna make the stop. I take that. Like, I'm not thinking that Trey Waynes is going to come in here and be the best corner. And I think, like you said, Mackenzie Alexander is probably going to be more exciting for us. But based off of the list that you gave me, I still would be set with what we have right now. Whoa, because, okay. because when we talk about, I think one of the guys that, that kind of stood out on that list that you gave me was Tremaine Johnson. Mm -hmm. But I think that Tremaine Johnson still believes that he's like a starter. Talib, Talib ain't stand out to you? Talib is old, though. Like, 34 is but like... he's so savvy, and he was one of the best in the league. That is you think, true. You think, you think he's falling off a cliff? I'm I'm thinking... I don't think If, that if somebody gets off. hurt, who who am I rolling with that I know ain't scared? I don't think that... I don't think that Talib is, is near the same guy that he was in... He was in, like... Denver, New England and Denver. Like you got to remember, he's been on the, the Rams and the Dolphins. I don't even I didn't even remember him being on the Dolphins, to be honest. Me neither. So to me, that just says. All right. Well, that was my attempt to try to bait Ace. Somebody earlier says, then what are you trying to start a nursing home? I'm naming like all the older <laughs> people on the list. No, nah, I just feel like I just feel like when I you're a football tough. player. And you were used to being that guy. You're not ready. It's almost like Allen Iverson. Like when Allen Iverson went to the Detroit Pistons and they were like, so are you ready to come off of the bench? Allen Iverson was like, nah, I don't come off of the bench. I'm Allen Iverson. Like I want MVPs, this hey, and that. Hey, you I, gotta, Iverson was dropping buckets with the Grizzlies. People don't remember you gotta that. Re you got to hey, no, remember. He was going crazy with the Grizzlies for a little bit. People you got to remember at one point, he almost got kicked off the team because he didn't want to come off the bench. He was yeah. like, nah, I'm not showing up. Like, nah, like, that's not. And and one thing that we have to remember, like Willie said, I know we got to wrap it up soon, but one thing we got to remember is these people are human. When, you're, when you were that guy and then somebody's like, you're the second or third corner on the bench, like you can't start anymore, that's a lot for somebody to really process when you were on top. So... I think that part of it, like, I wouldn't even want to disrespect Akeem Dalib and be like, yo, you can come in and be our fourth corner. Like, if somebody gets hurt, you're coming I, in. I, like, I, I wouldn't even want to disrespect him like nah, that. No, nah, no, like, now nah, when somebody get hurt, we got some creative packages for you. You probably see 10 to 15 snaps early, like, in every game. Right. I but mean, has, I love, I love no, his tenacity. He has no special teams thing. That's what it all boils down to. Like, Darius Phillips is going to get the nod over him every week just on the strength of he has right. that. The capability of even playing on a special team. Talib could never play on a special team. Just to recap, people, Trey Wayne's got a three-year deal worth 42 million. He gets 20 million over the first year. He'll get 31 million over two years, and it averages out about 14 million dollars for Trey Wayne's. Yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be just putting that out there. I think so. Trey, if you're watching this, bro. I hope that you live up to it because you will come <laughs> to find that Bengals fans will be thinking about that contract every snap it's of the, the season. It's the same thing they did to Drake Kirkpatrick. It's like, the same thing. It's, it, it's, it's just like in the draft. If Logan Wilson would have got it drafted in the third or fourth, like, I mean, I'm sorry. Let me, I'm, <laughs> he did get drafted. <laughs> if he would have got drafted in the fourth 
rather than the third. I don't think expectations for him for this upcoming year or whatever the life of his Bengals career is ever going to be. It's the same thing with Drew Sample, where in highest in 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 the inverse of that is Akeem Davis Gaither is essentially playing with house money. He's a fourth round draft pick. He's not at, no no Bengal fan is thinking he's going to come in and start or anything like that. I just think from outlets like us, we're telling you that he's a playmaker. If he comes in and balls out and makes any splashy plays like I know that he is, they're going to be like, bro, that was the still of the draft. But had he got drafted in the second round, which is talent, had he not had a foot injury, had he not gone to a small school, he could have been a second round draft pick. And sometimes where you get drafted is where where is where people set their expectations. Drake is something. And then the other thing is when you get money, that sets people's expectation. If Bobby Hart was a swing tackle for this team, he'd be one of the best swing tackles in the NFL, and nobody would have a bad word to say about him. But the fact that he starts, he gets $8 million, and we know he ain't worth it. You know, like you could feel like you he, he's worth it or he's not. It's the same thing that happened to Drake Kirkpatrick. Trey Waynes, y'all better have that same energy that y'all had for Drake Kirkpatrick. Oh, it's coming. Because Drake Kirkpatrick, you got to think, he played eight years. So the amount of bad plays that most people have for him are earlier in his career. The last couple of years or whatever, you don't have those double move, big killer plays that everybody's thinking. And if you look at PFF numbers, he had pretty solid numbers. And I think we're spoiled with a lot of first round draft picks. But Trey Waynes is going to be like one of them people. If he doesn't do what people think that he's going to do year one, y'all are going to kill him early on. And that's not how I judge corners. I, I'm I'm looking at him throughout the old, the hall of a whole entire game. But the cornerback position is so different than a linebacker position in the standpoint that one bad play equals a touchdown from a corner. So Trey Waynes will show up early. And for me, yes, Tlaib is old as dirt and he's 34 years old. Or you got guys like Eli Apple on this list. You got guys like Logan Ryan, who's 29. There are plenty of guys that are on this list that probably aren't your smart move or, or aren't your number one pick or anything like that. But from a depth position, and we're talking about thrust, if, we're, if we are going on any type of playoff push, you want to have guys that are familiar with the situation. As much as I believe in Darius Phillips, that's not a guy that I want to have thrust into a game. Like, say we're, we're eight and seven in the last game like you know and then somebody's out and then that's the guy in nah i'm rolling with Talib. like i'm rolling with guys that have been there before super bowl uh pedigree championship pedigree that's just my thought on the cornerback position um but i mean he is pretty old so i was just wrapping up the cornerback part our last position which i think is the most important position is defensive end uh, from a free agent standpoint these are the guys Everson Griffin, who's 32 years old, Everson Griffin, Ezekiel Ansa, Jabal Sheard, who's 31, Michael Bennett, who's 34, Cameron Wake is 38 years old. <laughs> Whoa. The fountain of youth. Vinnie Curry, who's 32. A couple years ago, he was highly regarded. Um, that's pretty much my list for defense and the guys that I think we should take a look at. Uh, Got anything you're feeling on any of those guys? Deion Jordan, who's 30. One one thing that or one word that comes to mind when I just hear that list of people outside of outside of maybe clowning and stuff like that is washed. 
I just I just hear a lot of washed names. You think so? You really feel like you think Everson Griffin is washed? Everson Griffin you don't is think not he can washed. Help, you don't think he can? But help he is crazy. Right I don't well, know our, if people. Our have... defensive end. We have three defensive ends in the fourth one being Khalid Kareem. We don't have Everson depth Griffin is, is good, Somebody but he's still solid. He's like crazy, bro. Like I don't know if people like pay attention to what goes on outside of. I ain't saying I'm not trying to knock you guys or anything, but he's got some real off the field issues. Ooh, Gr- like, Everson Everson Griffin? Griffin, yeah, okay. he's like got some mental issues. I um, want it. You know who's got some off the field issues that's mental as hell right now? Me. Everson Griffin is me. Give him to me. <laughs> I am Everson Griffin of Bengals podcasting. Give him to me. I'll work with him. I mean, so so uh would he be worth it? Maybe, but I, I just feel like you're kind of getting some baggage there. Jadeveon Clowney for the right price, which the Bengals probably don't have. And Hell don't no. I didn't even name him. Clowney because I ain't trying to play him that money, bro. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I not wanna play him. Yeah. I'm not a Clowney fan, bro. Like, I just. I'm not I, either. I feel, I feel like Clowney is the biggest. Overrated. I feel like he's the one of the more, more overrated players. All because of that South Carolina hit. Was it against Michigan? That hit in the backfield. Yes, that, that was it. I feel like that is like, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to limit him to that. He had a pretty good, solid season with the Seahawks. I remember when we were about to play the Seahawks, and when we were like clowny, like that was the clowny game, and we, right. I just, clowny. I've never, I've never been a clowny fan. If he does not have other, uh, quote unquote, star works on his line, or like other guys that are on the line with him, he's never, he's not going to shine. He doesn't have that type of motor. Like the motor, I'll take um, the motor of a Sam Hubbard over Jadavian Clowney all day. And throughout the years, uh, I think him working next uh, to White and stuff, I think he's he's grown that up some or whatever because the skill is there, but it's something inside of him that I just he just gets so invisible. And he was like that even when we were looking at games when he was coming out of college. I'm like, yeah, he makes some big plays. Is it? It's it's not the same as um what's the kid that we were just you know god damn this this quarantine has really screwed me over but the the guy Chase Young I'm not trying to compare him to Chase Young but a lot of things that that were are eerily similar to Chase Young that I saw from Jadavion Clowney coming out of South Carolina I think Chase Young is a far better player than Jadavion Clowney but will he ever reach like this level that like JJ Watt level type talent, like that, that what his talent level is, will he will it match the production? It didn't match it in college. Right. You know, like the, those last six games or so, whatever, like when when Joe Burrow played them, or when, I mean when when they when it got down to the college championship and stuff, he was invisible there. And it and it'd right. be so amazing. You gotta show up. You gotta cross a, a, a regular spectator like me. I'm not scouting you. I should just see you pop on the screen. If we're talking about you're that much greater than the college level athlete, right? He's playing right. at an NFL level, but he's in college, right? Why didn't you register a sack? Why didn't you register one sack? Why didn't you have one phone? And Jadavian Clowney was a lot like that at South Carolina, where you saw the measurables, you saw him getting double teamed. I'm like, yeah, he's going to get double teamed in NFL as well, except against better guys. And so we're talking right. about impact in a, on a game. I just don't see Chase Young uh, ever being elite. But the one thing that Chase Young does have for him 
is that the the defensive line for the Redskins is stacked. So he shouldn't see a lot of doubles year one. So I, I agree with what you're saying about Clowney. I think the only impact that he really makes is in the run game. And as an edge rusher, that's not where you really want to see them make their impact. Uh, but just to kind of piggyback on the Everson Griffin thing, um, two years ago, or I guess essentially this would be the 2018 season, he was sent home from the, the Minnesota Vikings, and the team sent him and his agent a letter that said that he wasn't allowed back until he had a mental health evaluation. So that's one of the reasons. Like, he had a couple incidents. You can read about it. I'm not here to air people's dirty laundry and stuff like that. But mentally, um, I'm not sure if he's all the way there in terms of what's going on with controlling his actions on and off the field. But that's, that's one of the reasons I, I just – I don't deny the talent. He's amazing. But I don't want him, like, <laughs> going off and doing something crazy with Carlos Dunlap or something. Uh, but anyways, like you said, I have to agree with you. Um, paying him that money, Clowney, nah, that's not going to happen. Uh, A I, lot I just of Bengals fans really want Clowney, bro. Like, for me. If you're every, expecting him I, to I, shut I, down the run. Like, I think he would. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate here. If you're trying to stop Lamar Jackson. Yes, Jadeveon Clowney helps limit that team. He helps stop the run for the Ravens. I see that. Up, but man? you can't pay that guy 15, 12, 15 million just to do that. Like when you pay that kind of money in the NFL, you're paying for a guy to come off of a 10 sack finish. And that's just not what he has to offer. Now, if Jadeveon Clowney wants to humble himself, which clearly he's still a free agent right now, clearly. He's probably moved down some of those dollars, but it's just not going to line up, bro. Like, honestly, it's just to me, it just doesn't line up with what the Bengals want to do and what Clowney wants to do. But I think like Zim said, he's not worth that. Like if he was asking for, let's just say eight million dollars. Yes, you probably think about it. You probably think about it. I don't even want to. I don't even want to give him that. I swear I don't. I'd rather take a flyer on but on Jabal. I'd shit. rather have Warford. Like if it came down to like oh, Warford, oh, oh, if we're talking about our... for the same money, I'm taking Warford. Like I'm sorry. So 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 are any of those defensive ends or any of those guys that we say from the defensive tackle position? Um, any guys on your radar? Because I think we wrapped up. I have a good free agent list for us right now. Yeah, I think I think we're pretty much good. The only guy that I was thinking of was uh the kid from the Detroit Lions. I think he's about thirty. Monta. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind looking at him. I wouldn't okay. mind seeing what he has if he if he's cheap. I've been talking. I've been on that bandwagon. I think we was talking about him last year. So, I, I guess he just. I guess teams just don't want him anymore. He was okay. a former first round draft pick, though. So wrapping up the list, the number one free agent target that we think, and we're just doing this as an exercise, people. Our, my number one priority, I can't speak for Aces, re-signing Joe Mixon. I've I've really grown into that a little bit more where I think that we're at a position where they should pay him. And, and I know it's not the prototypical thing to do to play a running back this day and age. I just think he offers a lot to the team through leadership. And I think his skill level he, with the, with the, with, if he, if they can give him an offensive line that he needs, that he'll be, he'll be one of the elites. I really feel like that. And to let them walk away from that, that would be a problem. Sorry about that. That's my dog Doche in the back. So next on the list, I have, um, I'm sorry. So that, that that's my priority, right? 
But if we're if we have the money to do it, we have uh Wofford is our number one free agent person out there. As a caveat to that or uh a consolation prize to that, I have Donald Penn. Is <laughs> 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 a guy who I just went from a depth position. We early on we said we would we wouldn't mind taking a flyer out on Tavon Austin. When we got to the safeties, I said that I, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on a Rashad Jones, but that would be Maybe if they had to move from Sean Williams because they were thinking something else, but I just like the depth from that. Um, my, my surprise uh, tight end person that I want, I don't know anything uh, outside of field that's maybe hindering him, but the kid Wofford, the tight end from Oakland Raiders, I just think in our division, that's a big Strong, wide, I, think, tight I end. think you're thinking of Darren Waller. I think you might be conf- but, but Clyde Wofford, with... but Clyde Wofford a couple years ago from a blocking standpoint, like nah, I know Waller. I love Waller. I love Wofford. I don't I think like, like... I like Wofford. Like Clyde Wofford a couple years ago, like he was doing all right, bro. Like I maybe I don't I haven't seen I didn't see any Las Vegas games this past year, but they have this uh this one dude that came in and took his position, and I only know because of fantasy. He has a similar name. He used to play for the Ravens. They took him off of the Ravens practice squad, and now he's like, yeah, he's like starter, the, and he like he was he like him. exploded. He like exploded. He has like crazy size. He's almost kind of like CJ Uzoma. He's just like this abnormally big, athletic. Darren Waller is his name. Darren yeah, Waller. Yeah, that's Waller. You said it. You just said it just a second ago. Yeah, so because but don't get me wrong though, I'm with you on Clive Walford. There's probably a mock draft video on my channel from like yeah. three years ago where I was like, I want Walford as him, our him second tight end. Him and Uzama to me, it makes like if you put Walford on, I think it makes up for the sample pick. Because say a sample doesn't pan out, you're getting this guy for chump change, and I know for a fact he can outball like. Everybody is Seathan Carters of the world or whoever else yes. is on it. On it, on it well, on it. I've heard, I've heard, um, and I keep rambling, but I've heard somebody asked a Bengal who was the most underrated player on the team, and he said Alex Erickson, and he also said Seathan Carter. Because I've been, it's been rambling my brain for years. How does Seathan Carter make this roster? But I think people that are in the know, they actually feel like. He's a really good blocker, and we just don't see it. Like us as fans, we don't see it. But the player yeah. said that like Seaton Carter is like that dude. Apparently, like I, okay. I'm not saying that he isn't. I, I just I was think I think shocked. he's a victim of personnel being like a you know it just doesn't match up. If right. if Seaton Carter played for God, why do I do that on this show all the time? If he played for a team like the Steelers that used a, a fullback or something like that, or somebody that can spread out you know like get create a matchup out the back would be a tight end like a lineup and different things like seathan carter is like a good yeah, transitional he's a good piece. Back, pullback. yeah yeah he's a good age like he's perfect for that um all right so keeping on with our list so i said i wanted marshawn lynch um <laughs> uh and then the last one is uh is uh and um ansaw from uh the line GQ Ansar, yep GQ so for Ansar. me i i mean you guys you i I got on here and ridiculed Duke Tobin. I have to apologize to him. Duke, if you're listening to this, I sincerely apologize. Uh, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be too ungrateful for what we've been given. But I just need Warford, dog. Like just just sign Warford. You want him? <laughs> and I'm good. I, told you, I don't you, need you want him? I don't, you I don't need anybody else. 
Only anybody. Okay. Just give me Warford. Give me Warford. Let's extend. Mixon. Oh, let's oh, extend. Oh, talking, AJ. I, I thought you were talking about Warford. You're talking about Warford. Larry Warford. Larry Warford. You're talking about Clive, who we were just talking about from the. Oh no 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 no! Give me give me Larry. Give me Larry. Oh yeah, I, 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 I think Clive I too. Like I, I feel like they they correct a lot of wrongs that they made if they just go do that Wofford deal. Like I just I feel like that's very simple. It's just it fi- it fell in your lap. Like it wasn't like, supposed like to be- happen like before, that. Before before uh rookies were signed, Bengals were like fifth, I think, with cap space. They had like 24 million still. So if you're reading reports from Jeff Butch Hobson or anybody that said that they don't have money or whatever, now I do realize that there's an eight to ten million dollar allocation for rookie signings and stuff like that. So now that drops that number down to like 14. But and then but once you do the new AJ Green deal, that frees up money. They still have it. I just they still I, have I, it. I just threw out the whole uh, Ace told me he hit me to this. If you go get Wofford, you easily move on from Alex Redmond. That's two million right there. So Wofford on paper might look like eight, but it's really six. Right. And then you can also get rid of Alex Erickson. And like you said, who's to say that there's not incentives late? uh, It's an incentive later deal where you had like uh, different things in there where maybe it's a five to six million dollar deal. And he's going to take that deal because like, this is a, a man that was making 13 million. When the Saints cut him, they had to give him, I think it was like six million. So that's why he's only trying to sign right now for seven million, because he's just trying to recoup the rest of that just, money just that wasn't guaranteed. So essentially, you're getting him at a discount. Like you wouldn't have been able to sign him if he was just an outright free agent. If he was asking for 13 mil, you wouldn't even be able to ask him for that. But it's like everything fell properly to the point where the Bengals can make a move. And I know that they have relationships with these guys like Alex Redman and Alex Erickson. But, bro, this is a Pro Bowl guard that fell into your lap. And this is Joe Burrow's future. This is his health that you're talking about. you got to hop on this. And I'm going to continue to beat this drum until I see Warford and Stripes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm with you. If we ever have Alex Redman on the show, I'm going to direct them to you because you were the one that came up with the idea to cut him. God hey, damn, my Alex is, is, is nothing against you, bro. I know that you're just trying to do your thing as a player. I'm just speaking from a fan standpoint. Look at Ace. Look at <laughs> and I mean, bro, this is a pro bowl. Like, you would do it. Alex, if you were the GM, you would do it. You would sign Larry Warford. Who wouldn't sign yeah, Larry yeah. Warford? Yeah, Warford. Like, everybody, Bengals fans, get on Twitter. Go hit up anybody <laughs> that you can't see it, that you can't associate it with the team right now. Let's all do our part. Somebody said good vibes. Let's send these vibes. Let's send this, this, these electrons through the waves of the world. And and and, and let's get uh, uh Larry Warford here in Cincinnati. And I think then you give me him. Do the AJ Green deal, do the mixing deal. Even if you didn't do the AJ Green, just him on the franchise tag this year, do the mixing deal. I'm on board with playoffs. That's my guarantee to you guys. Give me Larry Walford. I'm on board with playoff run. And, and that's a very bold thing to say in our division. Yeah, it's the division that, that let, let me just go into a couple of topics before we end this thing. Uh I, I sent you an article on Jonah Williams working out with Joe. Um Joe, Joe Staley. Yeah, I did. I did a video on that. Yep. Okay. So, did you have any thoughts on that? Do Do you have any like quick thoughts that you want to say on that? I don't know if the people here in the chat here, all the people listening to uh, Orange is the Black, uh, Orange is the New Black podcast, and we're running late in here. 
if you right. all are familiar. Hey, with appreciate y'all for rocking with us, though. We still 90 strong in here. Um, but I think my thoughts on that are I love it. Um, him working with a guy like Joe Staley, who is an elder statesman in the league, has probably seen every single defensive end that you could see. That knowledge and that those tips are just invaluable. Like I, I think that is great that he's working with him. I think that is great that he sees something in Jonah to take him under his wing. And I just think that it's a great, a great uh, development process for him. Sounds good. Sounds very good. Um, the only other story that we had, and, and I and I and I agree with you 100 on that. The only other story that I had or whatever is the NFL coaches nearing return to facilities, mini camps possible for June. They've outlined a plan that comes up, and a lot of people and players that I've been talking to have uh, alluded to a date of June 27th is the date that a lot of uh, I think players might have got like a separate minute. Uh, memo from the NFLPA. Um, so we're going to monitor that, but that's just giving a, a a a little bit of hope for everybody that's listening out there that just desperately is looking for sports. I'm hoping that they do everything the safe way. I'm not one of those guys that's just like, let's get it out there, let's get it out there. I'm hoping right. that they could do it right. One thing that they were experimenting with it, and also I talked to someone about this, is that they were trying to formulate a way where players can get the N95 mask. Um, incorporated with their current like helmets or some some type of way. I don't know if they were talking about on the field, but they're trying to design something currently right now that will protect them from airborne diseases. If they do something like that, we're talking about potentially something that could change like the way that football is viewed forever. Because even if they use that now, I don't see why it would, would stop the like athletes or anything like that going moving forward wearing that in everything. If I right. if I'm a million dollar player, like I'm going to protect myself every chance I get. Who knows if I go abroad, I go and take a London trip, and I'm playing overseas and everything like that. This is something now that might be incorporated with their helmets or anything like that. So they're actively looking at that really, really strong. They're still looking at different ideas for helmets to prevent um, lots of brain damage and CTE type of things too. They're still working on that, but the mass is something that they also been able to try to explore some different things with that but of course like someone just wrote in the comments like how will they be able to breathe that's the exploration that's that's the exploring portion that they're looking at because me wearing my, my when i leave out i wear a medical mask and then i put like a a cloth mask over top of that for me on days when it's been hotter i do not like it period now i've, right. I've worn a mask with a vent on it and it gives me more breathing stuff to it but it, it's it's hotter no matter what i do it's it's hotter Right. I'm, I think in, in these times, it's smart to look into ways that you can do that. But w when I hear that, I just think about social distancing. You're supposed to stay six feet away from somebody. And in the NFL, you're tackling someone like you can wear a mask and everything like you want. But you're you're essentially still going to be tackling each other. There's going to be skin to skin contact. There's going to be body fluid exchange. Like to me. It almost kind of defeats the purpose. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it, but like if somebody's bleeding or whatever because they've got stepped on by a cleat and they fling some blood onto you and you're wearing a mask, it's not gonna gonna really stop anything. Uh, but I think one thing that they're gonna have to be safe with is not allowing fans to come to games, being super restrictive with how many people they let in and out, 
These people are going to have to constantly be tested. These players are going to have to be tested. There's going to have to be programs and 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 things in space for if someone does get corona because it's going to happen. I, I mean, I hate to say it, they're yeah. going to start this stuff up and it's going to happen. So you I need feel, to have I feel like it's such an unfair advantage. Can you imagine about to play like a week thirteen game and then you going and up Joe and Burrow it has tested positive for corona? Like yeah, that and changes now we got, the and entire now, game. And now we got to play a game and like you know it, it's crazy. Just to close it out, J.C. Treader who is um, a part of the NFLPA, said our union has not agreed to any reopening plan. Any reports about coming back to work are all hypotheticals. You will hear from the NFLPA when the new when there are new developments. But I was just speaking from my personal experience um, <laughs> from players that have spoken to um, uh, they've they've got they got a letter or something like that. And they're they're aiming towards possibly starting training camp things in June 27th. Okay, cool, cool. Dave, shout out to you. He said that my superhero shirt is just missing Joe Burrow's picture. <laughs> Appreciate right. that, bro. Any closing thoughts that you want to share with the people? I think we ran very, very long. We appreciate you guys. Shout out to Tyrone Thomas, Vartega, Dave Lennox, Chris W, Jacob A. You guys are some real Burrow babies. Y'all some real diehards that that really stuck in here tonight. So that's no, cool. just wanted just wanted to thank you guys, the fans and the supporters for you know, sticking it out with us, being so active in the comments, sending us kind remarks on Twitter, engaging with us. Um, also leaving reviews on the Cincy Jungle podcast. Yes, yes. Um, leave a review. Really, Everybody leave a review. If you have time, leave a review. Leave a review. Th- if you could do anything for us, it's under the name nice. Cincy Jungle, the podcast. So if you can leave a review from there, we'd be forever grateful. Appreciate you guys supporting me and Zim. Don't forget to, to hit our links with Fanatics. We truly appreciate that. I uh, appreciate yeah. you guys for rocking with us on that front. Um, I know we only did one one uh, episode last week, so I wanted we wanted to kind of essentially go a little longer since we only gave you one. But we just appreciate all of the support and everything, all the kind words, you know, all the excitement. I just love it, man. I, this is this is what man. we do it for. Look, look, if you guys for. keep on telling everybody about us, the people that are in here right now, the people listening to this, y'all believed in the team for one. And then secondly, you believe in us. Cause there's a lot of different people you could get Bengals stuff from. So please make sure you tell as many people as you can, because what we're going to do, like some of those interviews that we had was just a glimpse of what I think is about to come is a glimpse. The more people that get on board with what we're doing right now, the more views that we can get on some of these videos, some of these interviews that a lot of people are not able to get. You know, we, we're, we're going to ramp that out times 100 and nobody will be able to stop us. So we need all the help that we can get from you guys. I just want to say who they keep on supporting, keep on rocking in the free world. Who they? <laughs> who they?